You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie. I'm your host today, and I also have in the studio with me Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello once again, Mr. Bird. Hey, hey, Angie. We've been talking for the last two weeks about recognizing opposition, and we've been taking it from the perspective these last couple of weeks about how do we know it's opposition as opposed to maybe God wants us to move in another direction. So this time we're going to switch it up just a little bit. This time we're going to talk about how to respond to opposition. And this one is very important because it's going along with the current events. So the current events in our world right now are everybody's canceling things because of this virus that's going around, this flu virus. And there's, there seems to be an unusual amount of panic. And so here's something, Mark, that I want to talk about today. We have things in our world that are affecting us every single day that we have no control over but we have to respond. This is obviously something that's not of God because God is not here to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. the enemy. So let's talk about the current events and how do we respond. Yeah, so the key is is how we respond because these things are happening. And, of course, Scripture teaches us, uh, Jesus was telling us in Matthew 24, that these things are going to increase and they're going to get worse. And so it's happening before our very eyes, uh, the, the wars, the rumors of wars. And it's interesting because our text today is starting out in James chapter 4. And it's interesting how he starts off this uh, in verse 1 saying, where do wars and fights come from among you? And so he starts talking about these same sort of thing. So what we're speaking about specifically is we're talking about, you know, these things will happen. Of course, Jesus himself said, listen, here's one thing I can promise you in this life you will have tribulation. That's right. Right? It's not like a rose garden after you give your heart to the Lord. These things will happen. And so as a Christian, we need to be prepared for them. But also the key is how do we respond? Because as we've talked about several times, Angie, how we respond is what the world is looking at us for. How will you respond as a Christian to these things that happen? Because this particular thing that's happening to us today is affecting every single person. Every human being has the potential for this virus to affect them. And this is actually an opportunity, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit, an opportunity to share our faith. Right. This is a real current event that'll actually open a door for us to be able to share. So we'll talk about that a little bit more because that is a really interesting perspective. It is. And so the truth of this is, is the world is actually asking us to respond. Mm -hmm. Although they may not think that, they may be not mentally assent to that, but that's really what they're doing is because you've seen this and experienced this before. You're in a co-worker sort of an environment and everybody at work knows you're a Christian. You talk about the Lord, you've shared your faith, all those things. And some people, they don't want anything to do with it. They don't want to hear it, etc. But as soon as they have a need... They right. have a sick family member. Yes. They have a sick whatever. 
who do they come and they see? They come straight to us for prayer. Right. They'll ask you, hey, by the way, um, do you think you could use your religion for to help me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something yes, along those lines. And so these types of things are a prime example of Jesus wants us to be the light to the world and salt to the earth. So when I go around and people are saying, you better do this and you better do that to protect mm-hmm. yourself from this virus, I say, I'm covered by the blood. Yeah. And that's a stunning conversation because... They don't understand what that means. So it's a door. It's a door to say what that means. Yeah. And really, everyone's gripped with fear over this. Everybody you talk to and all the reactions that we see happening are because they're gripped with fear. Fear of death. Yes. But that's not how we should live. As Christians, correct. So let's dive into the text here. Uh, Again, this is James chapter 4, and verse 7 starts, Therefore, submit to God. That word submit means become obedient. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. And verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So I think the premise of what we're looking at here in this is how to actually take this opposition, how to respond to it, because I think it's safe to say that we are being opposed by spiritual forces. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if it was a person who started the virus, right? it is, because that's a conspiracy, it is still the evil that's behind, it's spiritual forces that we, isn't that what also what the Bible says, is that we're not warring against flesh and blood, right? but against spirits and principalities and yeah, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. That's it. And we looked at that. And here's the key now. And what James is trying to teach us is how do you actually go to the Lord and how do you deal? How do you respond with opposition from the enemy? And I'm looking at this with verse seven. And I think that we focus too much on resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. And we focus too much on that side of it and yeah. who he is. Why? I don't want to give him that much time. Correct. Okay. Correct. So. Yeah, we don't want to give him glory. We don't give, give him that much time. But the key is this, Angie, because he says it in verse 7 and in verse 8, submit to God. The first piece is submitting to God. Now, we remember the resisting the devil piece. But remember the first part of this, the first step is submitting yourself to God. Yes. And in verse 8, draw near to God yes. and he'll draw near to you. Yeah. You've probably heard me say this. Who has to take the first step? Yeah. We do. Yeah. This whole piece is about humility and humbling ourselves and seeking God for the response. Yeah. And we even teach people this, love, listen, discern, and respond. Well, you have to discern from the Lord before you respond. And for us in this opposition and how we are to respond to it, we have to know what the Lord is saying to us to respond with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sandwiched. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's sandwiched between the reminder to submit to God. It does, yes. So here's the part, and I understand going on where it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Because honestly, double-minded, we all bounce back and forth between fear and trust and fear and trust. And we just do this because it's a normal human response. Right. But we have to end on trust. Yes. And we have to end by submitting ourselves to God. And that's what he's saying in verse 10, humble yourself in the sight of God and he will lift you up. So allowing God to lift us up 
to rise above, this is how I see it, to rise above that circumstance or that opposition. Yes, yes. How we respond is allowing the Lord to lift us up so that we can see above it, and then we will know how to respond. And just like Isaiah did when he was in the presence of the Lord in chapter 6, he said, Ah, I see this now. I'm a sinner. And now, Lord, here am I. Send me. Yeah. Once he saw his unholiness in the presence of the Lord, then he was like, okay, I get it, Lord. Here am I now. I submit myself to you and I'm ready to go. Because when we finally get to that place of humility and understanding how we line up with God, we realize there's not really anything that we're going to be able to do to fight this battle. It's really his. Yes. So all we have to do is draw near to him. He's our covering. It's almost like as if you're going out to war you stay next to the really big guy who has the really big sword, and you know he's going to win. Amen. I'm staying close to him, right? Stay close to daddy, right? <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Okay, can I back you up for just a second? Uh-huh. Because I want to break this down in light of our current events that are happening right now. Verse 9 says, Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. If you take that literally, that's very depressing right. as a response to what we're going on. So let's talk about it from a spiritual perspective and what that really means. Yeah, and so what I'm seeing this is, again... Going back, if you look at verse 6, which we didn't read yet, but God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So what this is saying, in my opinion, is humble yourself. He's saying lament, mourn, weep, humble yourselves because the Lord is required to help you win. And so instead of being proud and saying, hey, I've got this, I can fight this battle without the Lord, He's saying, no, you better repent. You better humble yourself. You better weep. You better prepare yourself by humbling yourself. And then guess what? God will, he will meet you where you are. He will help you overcome this situation or this obstacle or this opposition. So so verse nine is really a contradiction against being proud. Yes, I believe that. Yeah, it's stripping it down. You're stripping down everything to come to that place where you're as far away from proud as possible. Exactly. But then yep. we, we back to verse 10, that's when we go to God and say, okay, now we see the truth of this, that we have no power, you have all power. Right. And I'm also reminded of the scripture where uh, Paul says, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. It's like you have to understand that until you humble yourself or you have to admit that you're weak, that's when Christ can be strong in us. So a lot of times people will say, okay, I get that. I get that we should be humble, but then what do we do? Well, you know, people want to do something to be active and combat this whole thing. Right. We go back to verse seven. Yes. Therefore, submit to God. (laughs) That's it. Always, right? Submit our plans, submit our purposes, submit our, actually our will, the core of our will. Is it prideful? See what I'm saying? And not always is it, but we have to examine our own hearts Yeah. to say, if I'm submitting to God, then I need to submit even my own plans. Mm, yes. See what I'm saying? Even my own responses. Because as you know, it's easy to have our flesh rise up mm-hmm. in these circumstances. But I love what you said in the opening, Angie, is because I'm not fearful because the blood of Jesus that is submitting yourselves to God, drawing near to God. He'll draw near to you and he will remind you that he's got your back. Mm -hmm. He's covered you, right? Not in a haughty way that I can sit around and and boast about my being covered, but it is simply in order to respond. 
in confidence. And can I say that all goes back to covenant? It does. And that we are in covenant with God. And in a covenant, if you're in covenant with somebody, they have to protect you and you have to protect them. So if we're in covenant with God, he's the big guy that we follow into the war, right? (laughs) Right. He's the guy that's going to win and he's going to shade us. And so I feel like we're under a big God umbrella. He's going to be our protector. Yeah. I love the word partnership because we're in partnership with God. And guess what? I'm bringing God to the table. When I bring my response, I want to bring my response from God to the table. Because he is the answer, and he truly is in control. So let's put this into practical application. We are human. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're watching the news. We're hearing the reports of all these things going on. And we want to say, God is in control. Right. But there's still something that rises up inside of us. How much does our identity play into this? I think it's huge because I think in order to be courageous, again, God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. He told him that. And I think that's what God would say to us as we draw near to him. I think he would say, hey, be strong and courageous because I have this. I'm in control. And that is our identity. Yes. And so we know this. Listen, when you're a child and you crawl up in daddy's lap, what does daddy do? Reassures you. Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm your daddy. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's exactly right. And I think as we submit ourselves to God, draw near to him, he draws near to us and he comforts us with that good news and that reassurance that I've got this, I'm your daddy, and you can trust me. Amen. So the opposite of fear is trust, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think as humans, we need to be reminded that we should trust. And here's the other thing. We talked about this a little bit, but this is an opportunity to share our faith. Now, you and I, we talk about this all the time. This is why we have the show. People need to hear the good news of the gospel. Now is the time. Why? Because people are afraid of dying. They're right. afraid of getting the virus and they're afraid of dying. And now is the time to tell people about the reality of eternal life through Jesus. Am I wrong? I think you're absolutely right, Angie. It reminds me of 1 Peter 5 and Peter is saying, be sober, be vigilant, or be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Mm. So take courage in that because you're not alone. More of us are going through this same experience because no one's exempt from this. That's exactly right. right? But just know this, that the devil is on the prowl. But listen, he's saying, I want you to be steadfast, steadfast in the faith. That's how you resist him, by being steadfast in the faith, being courageous, being confident of what he has said about us. That's our identity that you talked about. Oh, this is such good stuff. And so today we have been in James chapter four. We specifically talked about verses seven through 10, and we specifically talked about the current events and things that we just don't have control over. And how do we respond so that the world takes notice of our faith? I mean, and that's what it really boils right down to. And we're gonna get a personal testimony now from a good friend and a parent. 
I'm excited today because my friend Heather has joined us in the studio and we are talking about a current topic. The current topic is this coronavirus scare or threat, if you will. It's it's being labeled as a threat. It's being uh, it's trying to scare everybody, I think. But really what we want to unpack today is we want to unpack what or how should we respond to this threat? Or this, any threats, because yeah, we have them all threats. the time. As a Christian, how should we respond? And so, Heather, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Heather, just thinking about this, you're, you're a parent, yes. right? And so yes. you have children that mm-hmm. we're responsible for as parents of children. And so there's been a threat made, right, which could affect all of us. So how do you, as a parent respond or react as a Christian parent? How do you respond or react to that threat? It's a great question. I just recently was saying I'm not a panicker. Mm, I am a parent though. Right. And of course I care very much for the health and well-being of my children. And I think to me, it's more been about how to react in front of them Ah. or, or to their questions. My oldest daughter goes to Ohio State University and Mm. they have canceled classes at the end of spring break. And she is saying, kind of panicking herself. And mm. so it's about, you know, talking to her about um, being peaceful mm. and smart, not overreacting, um, you know, taking the advice of the local health department and lots of hand washing and just making smart decisions, but not overreacting. I think that's a key piece. And, and that's where our faith comes into play as well, because if we're being peaceful before God, we are able to make decisions that are not panic decisions. That's so. really good. However, this is a great response from a mom who has been thinking about this for a while. Right. I want to know the truth about your initial reaction, because <laughs> but we are moms, Mark, but we are moms. And, you know, you first, you kind of, all the hair stands up on the back of your head. Mm. I mean, is that true? Yeah, it's a little scary when when you see the list of cancellations that are coming out here locally for all the things that are that are being shut down. I, you know, I'm afraid for my children's health and well-being, but I also don't want them to miss out on all the things that are great about being in school right now or being right. involved in their community. And and so that that balance is like a tug of war inside of me as I as I worry about their health and I want them to be safe, but I also don't want them to spend the next two months inside. Right. <laughs> right. Or at home, which right. is a lot of college students are coming yes. at home. My daughter is not, so I'm okay with that. You know, uh, we're talking about um, opposition. And if we remove this whole local, you know, recent scare, right. let's talk about opposition. Now, I guess it would matter to an extent what kind of opposition is coming up against your children or your family. Right. But let's say it's something a little more subtle. You see decisions that are being made around your children or something like that, something a little more subtle. How do you respond to those oppositions? That's a great question. Um, and again, I, I think that comes back to to being still mm. and, and listening and finding that peace inside myself before I respond to my children. Of course, always responding out of love and focusing on being peaceful and loving in my responses to the kids. But also taking things seriously um, as they're bringing forth whatever opposition they're coming up against. Um, I think it's very important that we honor their fear and respect what they are going through and and hear them out. Listen, let them get through everything that they have to say and and their their concerns. And then address it through prayer, through scripture, through guidance from, from the Lord. 
Very good. And, you know, I'm reminded of uh, Matthew 5, 13 and 14, and how we can equip and train our children to respond to any situation of opposition, right? And I'm reminded in verse 13 that we're the salt of the world, and in verse 14 that we are the light to the world. So right. those things are how we should respond to any situation of opposition or whatever, and that is our chance to shine. Yes. And I think this is how um, I would want to equip my children, and I think Christian parents should all think about that, is you may have an initial reaction internally, like you're describing, Heather, but then how do you actually walk it out? Because you are now having an opportunity, because this particular situation affects every single person. Yeah, so beyond having your children, which which we always take into this mentorship, where we're raising them, so we always want to teach them, right. but now we have to deal with the public. Right. So how are you handling this as as more of a testimony or as a way to evangelize um you know another good question i think i think it goes back to that getting still being still listening for guidance and then just trying to be a voice of peace you mentioned mark being shining a light and yeah. being the being the light i think the light and the peace together helps people just i, I think it's a, about stepping back and being thorough in our thinking and cautious about responding so just kind of finding that peace and being that that peace and that light for people. I think that's great because if you think about it, if we are saying and if we literally are connected to the Prince of Peace, yeah. then we actually have an opportunity to share that peace yes. that Jesus gives to us as believers. Yep. And how many times have you heard this? Well, wow, you just seem so calm about it. Right. You seem so peaceful about it. That's well, the called only an open reason, door. <laughs> yeah, that sure is. Well, the only reason we're able to do that is because we've spent some time to be still before the Lord. Mm -hmm. We've spent some time to experience his peace, and now we can share that peace. This is really a great, like you said, open door for us to be able to share our faith because they're going to watch us. They're going to watch our reactions, which is why this is so important to talk about. We have to have our reactions in check so that when someone notices that or when we get a chance to talk to somebody else, we can actually use that to say, this is the God that I serve, and this is why I have peace, right. right? If I didn't have this relationship with God, we have to remember who's on the throne Amen. and who we serve, and it's a perfect opportunity to bring truth and light to this world, because they're freaking out, Mark. Yeah, they truly are. <laughs> and I'm reminded what Peter says, be always ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Oh, amen. So we're That's supposed to be always prepared to do that. Yeah. And that is just sharing why you have peace, why in the midst of it, because this is affecting every single person. So no one's exempt from it, but then how we react is what should make us stand out right to the crowd. And that's really what Jesus is saying. Let that light shine. And that light becomes peace in these troubled times. And I think that there's going to be bigger troubled times as we get closer to Jesus coming back, right? which we don't know when that's going to happen. But this is a really great training ground. This is yeah. a small incident in the, in the eternal picture. This is a small incident with what might happen in the future. So let's try to get it right now. Let's yeah. try to learn now. <laughs> yeah. Because it could be a lot worse, don't you think, in the future? Totally. And, you know, us as Christian parents and as leaders of children, like what an opportunity it is to help prepare them. Yeah, because you have a youth group, correct? And yes. The same thing. And, yes. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, Mark. The kids are probably talking about this. 
all the time. Right, right. Especially the the older kids. The younger kids don't seem to to comprehend it as as much. So, and and it gives the older children a, a chance to be good examples for the younger children as well. If they can be grounded in peace and and making good decisions and not panicking. I'm also, I, I tend to go back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trusting yeah. the Lord with all your heart. If we're trusting him, mm. you know, he's the God of the universe. We're trusting him. We're grounded in what he is leading us to and leading us through. And we can be peaceful about that. And we can we can just be grounded. So working with my youth at, at my church, I, I feel like bringing them back to those scriptures, bringing them back to God's in control, right. um, I think is a, is a key point to help them stay calm when everyone else might not be so calm. <laughs> That's exactly right, because I think it seems like we're in a panic in our society now about this. I'm reminded of Matthew 24, where he does say, actually, as the time draws closer, like more and more of these things are going to start happening. And so to start preparing the younger generation for that, listen, here's what you need to prepare for, and here's how you do it, and here's how you get in touch with the Lord to really share his peace and and to let that light shine through you to others. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to teach and steward our younger generations. Right, right, to walk out their faith, to walk it out. That's it. Well, I appreciate your time today, Heather, and thanks for joining us. Uh, This is a little impromptu, but how fun and how cool is it that the Lord just sets these things up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Amen. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.